Hello and welcome to In Business Talks 2. We are excited to welcome you to our bonus episode, The Friday Fix, episode 24. We are your hosts, Tracy and Ian Earl, founders of In Business, a networking and business support community. And together, we, we are, are In, In business. business. Every Friday, we will be discussing a business-related subject with either one of our wonderful In Business networking members or a fellow business owner who will be sharing their advice, thoughts or knowledge on a particular topic. This week, we have Jennifer Rawlinson, who specialises in workplace mental health and wellbeing training. Jennifer works with organisations to help them with their wellbeing strategy and in particular specialises in mental health first aid and champions training. Oh, and make sure you listen to the end of the show to hear our guests tell us about their favourite networking tip. Welcome to our Friday Fix. Today we've got Jennifer Rawlinson with us today of Flourish in Mind. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Jennifer. Good to have you with us today. Thank you for coming along. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. Oh, so shall we start, Jennifer, by asking you, uh, basically tell us a little bit about um, what you do. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So my company, Flourishing Mind, um, we specialise in workplace mental health and wellbeing training. So a lot of the time we're working with uh, organisations. In particular, my area of specialism is mental health first aid. Um, but I do lots of other uh, mental health, well-being, uh, stress management, um, you know, anything to keep us healthy mentally, really. Um, and, and it's the area of training that I really specialise in. Um, but alongside that, we also help organisations with their overall well-being strategy as well. So that can be anything from the implementation, but it can go right the way back to the creation as well from the very beginning. So it all depends on how much or how little support the clients that we're working with need. Um, and we take a holistic approach as well to well-being. Um, you know, it's not just the mental health side of things, but also social well-being, financial well-being. In, you know, in addition to that, as well as physical um, well-being as well. So today we're going to f- put a focus on stress, aren't we, and, and what it is. So can I, can I ask, are people feeling more stressed these days, do you think, than they did, say, three years ago, five years ago? I suppose the last 18 months has had an impact on that. Are you, are you detecting more stressed folk? Yes, but I would say it's in different forms. And I think detecting it more, and I I guess when we look at sort of the last 18 months, two years, the pandemic that we've been living through, I think what's been really good as a result of that, and it's not often you hear people talk about the good of the pandemic, but I think what it has done, it's it's allowed people to see that actually our mental health, it can, you know, it can be impacted. You know, none of us are invincible. And there's very few people that I've come across that can actually say, yeah, it's not affected me at all. And I think because of that, I think it's enabled people to feel, you know, more empowered to actually ask for help and, and talk about what they've got going on. So, yes, I am seeing it happen, you know, more people experiencing stress. But I think alongside that, I think people feel more able to actually talk about it. So not necessarily it wasn't there before, but that they're more able to open up um, about it. Yeah, you're right. I think I've noticed when you see things on LinkedIn and things like that, people yeah. are more open to saying how they feel mm, rather than yeah. in the past. People have said it, it's something that 
people didn't really speak about you sort of kept it to yourself really if you felt stressed and yeah, you think, oh, no, yeah it's, a bit, it's a bit of a stigma attached yeah, to think, it no, almost I wasn't tell there people and... i'm stressed or no. they might think ill of me or something like yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah so what effect can stress have on people um oh gosh i mean the effect can be it, it has emotional impact and it can have physical impact as well mm. So when you look at the stress response system, and actually, you know, we're talking about stress now as if it's a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. Sometimes stress can be good for us. You know, if, if we need to hit that deadline, it can help us to be more motivated and get that job done. So in some respects, it can be good. But there is a point then where it can become dangerous for us. And that point is different from, you know, for each of us as well. Um, you know, some people can take on more stress than others. So, so yes, it can affect us both physically and emotionally. So on, on the physical side of things, um, when that stress response um, is triggered, what it does is it sends those stress hormones around the body. So you've got the effects of the uh, cortisol, first of all. Um, and what's happening in our bodies when we experience stress is that we are getting ready to fight or run away, run away for our lives. So it's our bodies getting ready for action. And, you know, historically, when there were real dangers that we had to run away from or fight and escape from, that was really, really helpful because what the release of the cortisol does is it can, it makes the blood vessels smaller and it diverts the um, energy to, to the big muscle groups. So it makes us more effective in either running away or fighting. And what it also does is it suppresses our digestive system as well. And what you've also got on top of that is the effects of the adrenaline, again, getting us ready in that kind of fight response. But what the adrenaline does is it increases our heart rate as well. So when we're experiencing stress long term, you can see how these physical effects actually can really take its toll on our bodies. You know, if, if we're experiencing that ongoing, you know, it, it can impact in terms of our blood pressure, it can affect our heart. Can cause things like weight gain as well um, because of the impact it's having on that digestive system. So there's lots of physical effects that that occur, but also as well um, emotionally because actually stress, it, again left unchecked, can actually lead to the onset of the development of mental health conditions such as anxiety or depression um, as well. So emotionally, it can have you know real impact in terms of our well being. Yeah, yeah. What what are you? What have you seen sort of more recently? Is are people more physically affected or emotionally affected, or is it about fifty fifty? You know, the, the the people that you've met and seen. What are the sort of what's the split basically between the two, or is it run in hand in hand? Yeah, it's ha it's hand in hand in a way. Um, you know, I'd say I'd say it's both because what you've got is you've got the sort of emotional response to how we're experiencing that danger and things like uncertainty so the pandemic has brought so much uncertainty and you know we had so-called freedom day earlier this week <laughs> yeah. but again that's still not given us that certainty that everything's okay you know you're going to some places you've got to wear a mask in other places you don't need to other places have gone back to operating as usual so you've got that uncertainty around what you're meant to do and when but also as well, you've got individuals who've got their own fears and worries about this too. So it's that thought process that we have around the situation that then triggers that response. So you get the physical effects of it as well. So, um, you know, definitely the two are going hand, hand in hand. Is it more prevalent in males than females or is it again about 50-50? Does it, does it not matter? I, 
is fem- are females able to adapt better than males or whatever? Is is, is that the case? Or is this, am I talking rubbish now, Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if I'm talking rubbish. <laughs> I think everybody, I probably think everybody's different, but I don't know what you, what do you think? Jennifer. Yeah, so you know, you're not you're not talking rubbish at all, and there are lots of studies that do look at the difference between males and females. But what you rely on is people reporting that information. Uh, mm. Yeah, of course. So you know, when you look at mental health conditions in general, things like anxiety and depression looks like it's more common in females. But actually, you've got that question: but is a female more likely to disclose that and seek help for it and get that mm. diagnosis? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, so it is it is tricky to kind of look at it in terms of the reports and things like that. Tracy, you know what you said there about how we're all different? And we are because we've all got different experiences and some of us are, are more or less able to cope with stress. Mm. Some of us are more or less able to cope with change and uncertainty. Um, and that can be down to skills that we've developed over over our life. Um, and there's you know there's lots of different things. There's studies that suggest it's down to genetics as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, you know different research out there. Um, but what you've also got on the other side of it, stress is building up. Those people that are working to relieve that stress and they're putting that conscious effort into relieving that stress on an ongoing basis. Again, they're less likely to experience those higher levels and negative effects of stress because yeah. they are working on that all the yeah. time. And, and other others. Sorry, Tracy, I'm asking all the questions. Go on, Karen. No, it's okay. no, are, are there any other signs that you spot? Is it is it to spot in people, friends, family, whatever, if they are becoming stressed, or is it difficult because people can hide it? Is are there sort of like telltale signs? Yes, there can be. And again, it kind of it might be useful to reflect on yourself as well and the things that you do when you are stressed. And we've all got what we call a stress signature. So this is the thing that we do when we're kind of reaching that point where things are getting too much. But as you say, it's very different from person to person. Now, some of the things will be really obvious. So it could be that that person, it becomes very snappy. Um, So it could be the response, um, you know, to little things. And you might think, gosh, they've flipped the lid over that tiny thing. (laughs) That's me. Oh, my God, (laughs) you're always stressed. We need help. You need help. (laughs) Or do I create the stress? Well, I didn't like to say, but, you know. Um, so that, that, could, that could be one example, which is quite an obvious example. You can see that. Um, but other things as well, it can be often when people are stressed, they hold that tension in the bodies. So sort of unexplained aches and pains, um, often in the neck and shoulders and things like that. So thinking, where did that come from? One of my telltale signs, which I've now realized what it is, and I used to experience it a lot years ago before I did the work that I do now. And that's an achy jaw. And it's because I'm clenching my teeth Mm -hmm. in my sleep. And I'd often wake up and think, what's that about? <laughs> and then by the end of the day, it kind of disappears. It yeah. 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 Um, and then you kind of forget about it. But I've now realized, again, it's that tension. Um, you know, so things like achy jaw. Um, and also as well, um, it can start to affect your digestive system. So actually people um, complaining of, you know, stomach upsets and things like that, mm. they could actually be other signs that that person is under stress. Um, yeah. as well right. yeah so is it leading to burnout in some people would you say are there you know people completely having a meltdown and you know it's it's all too much 
Absolutely, it is. And I think, you know, we're hearing the phrase burnout more and more. And, you know, burnout isn't um, like a medical uh, condition. It's not a diagnosis, but it is a phrase that we're hearing um, an awful lot. And what burnout relates to, it's that it's when stress has got too much and we're experiencing that on a prolonged, you know, we're experiencing it ongoing. And burnout is basically when that person is experiencing emotional and physical exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just the stress, but then it impacts all different areas um, of the life as well. And I think, you know, when you ask, you know, are, are times changing and are we experiencing more stress? When you look at the pandemic, um, you can see how that is contributing to burnout because there's no escape of it. Every time you put on the news, you're exposed to it. Every time you go on social media, you're exposed to it. So it's really difficult to step away from that. Yeah, true, Mm. true. Yeah, yeah. And can you suggest anything to help reduce that or stop the burnout happening? Maybe, you know, if you can control the symptoms before you get to that stage. Yeah, definitely. Um, And there's a few ways. And um, I think a good thing to do is kind of look back at that fight, flight or freeze response, that stress response, and look at what's happening there. Because stress happens when we perceive a situation in a way where we believe that we are in danger. Um, So it doesn't matter what the situation is, that's irrelevant. If we see that that's a fearful thing, then that stress response is going to trigger So it's about looking at our perception of the the situation, but also as well our ability to cope in that situation. And again, it doesn't matter whether we actually have the skills or not. It's whether we perceive we've got the skills or not to deal with it. Mm. So when the size of that situation seems really big and our ability to cope feels really small, that's when stress can occur. So the different things that you can look at, Um, One of them could be reducing our exposure to some of the stresses that we experience day to day. But that's not always possible because things like ill health and money and finances, we can't just simply remove those. And you can't get away from me, can you? (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, no. (laughs) I don't mean that. I don't mean that. (laughs) But, But little, you know, simple things like taking a break from the media. You know, Mm. just not watching the news for a week or not going on social media. And I know lots of people that have done that and it's been really beneficial for them. Other things as well that we can do is work to manage our thoughts around stress, because if it's about our perception of a situation, our perception of our ability to cope, actually, if we can change that perception, which is within all of us to do that, again, that stress response is less likely to trigger Now, we may be able to do that with self-help books and self-management and looking at things on the internet for free, but equally, there's loads of professionals out there that, you know, absolutely excel um, in this specifically, Um, you know, so things like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, mindfulness, they're all really great ways in helping us to manage our thoughts. So that could be another way um, as well of managing those stress. So, so if people come to you, then what sort of process do you take them through? Do you have a set process that you take, or is it just a general chat to find out what's stressing them? What do you do? You have a way of, I don't know, delving into the um, stress, if you like. What what is it that you do? What what is the process? If I came, if I sent Tracy to you now, stressed, <laughs> <laughs> what's the process? What what do you do? Do you sit down somewhere or have a chat? And what, how do you how do you handle that? 
Yeah, so a lot of the work that I do is is with companies as well. So it's yeah. not just one person, you've right. got multiple people. Right. And as you can appreciate, there's going to be lots of different things that are causing stress for those individuals. So um, what, what I would do, and, and it's about understanding that, that culture, but even for an individual understanding what they've got going on going on in their lives right now. And it's all about taking that step back and really understanding it from that person's perspective, because I might not think something's stressful and think, well, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Just forget about it. But it's irrelevant because if that person's finding it stressful, Mm, then you've got to understand that. Yeah. 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 So it's it's about validating, you know, what it is. That'd be the first step, really. And then finding out about the different things that people do, because, you know, I mentioned their mindfulness um, but if I went into an organisation, just trying to think of an example now, but you know, there's like certain a load cultures. Of, a lot of fellas or something, they might not sort of appreciate mindfulness, might they? Whereas well, that's it. maybe a group of ladies would think it was okay to do that. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's looking at that culture and, you know, what other types of work they've already done, what other things they've embraced, what they've enjoyed, because... It's pointless making suggestions for either individuals or groups of people if they're never going to do it and yeah. put it into action. Yeah, so it's all about personalising it. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm, very good. Interesting very good. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And, of course, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people out there who are feeling stressed at the moment and things or, or whatever. There's so much to be stressed about, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> well, there can be. And I think, do you find it's more younger people who are getting stressed are, you know, because when you get to our age, sometimes you just think, oh, I can't be bothered. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not worrying about that. Yeah. But that that that's just us. But maybe 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 you see it differently. I don't know. Group or age group, do you, do you feel suffer the most? Do you know, I probably would say if we're talking about suffering, I'd probably say older age groups rather than the younger age groups because I think the younger age groups, they've got more of an awareness of well-being and they're more proactive in doing something about it it's more in their dialogue and you look at schools they do a lot of um, emotional sort of well-being you know not training um you know lessons and things to teach teach those young people whereas I find that people that have never had that education before it is more difficult to put into words what they're experiencing because stress is a sign of weakness. Mental mm. illness is a sign of weakness. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen to me. You've just got to get on with it. Yeah. And then when it does happen, they don't know where to go or what to say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose to some degree it's quite a difficult thing to admit as well if you're not that way inclined, isn't it? It's, like you say, often, particularly for men, because, you know, we're a bit twittish, Mm. It's, it's a macho <laughs> thing, isn't it? It's, we, we don't like to admit that we're stressed or whatever. We just we probably make cope. make a joke of it or something like that. I'm sure you people would. I know in the past have <laughs> done. Yeah, well, yeah. I should be more mindful in future, though, my love. Have you got any other final thoughts that you can share with us? today about stress and managing what's your fit i know i've got a good question what's your favorite top tip stress buster oh my favorite it did yeah my favorite so um exercise has always been something that i've struggled with i hate it Um, (laughs) yeah i'm a bit the same i can manage a walk and that's about it yeah (laughs) yeah 
And at the end of last year, um, it's well, in, in the month of December, I think I, I pretty much just, ex- I was exhausted. I didn't feel good mentally. And I decided to keep um, a mood journal with how I was feeling, but also tracking what I was eating and the exercise that I was doing. And, you know, over the years, I've done all sorts of things where I'm tracking my weight loss against my exercise and tracking calories against exercise and all of these things to try and keep me motivated and nothing ever worked. And I did this mood journal last year and just seeing it was the correlation. It was amazing. The days that I did exercise, I felt really good. Mm. The days that I didn't, things in my journal were, you know, I felt low, I felt fat, I felt sluggish just the difference that I could see exercise the impact it had on my mood so that was the thing that really motivated me and I thought right I need to do something so I signed up for red January in January which is run every day but they've changed it this year so it wasn't just about running which was great for me because I hate running mm-hmm. um, and it was just do some activity some exercise every day so I put it on social media, tracked my activity, and I know pre- people probably didn't care what I was doing, but for me, it gave me that accountability to do it every day, yeah. Yeah. and it helped me develop that habit, and you know, seeing the correlation previously on the impact on my mood, and it's something that I've just kept up, because I do, I love the way that it makes me feel afterwards, so that would be my top, top tip, and again, if you think of the, the fight or flight response, it's getting our bodies ready to either run away or fight. So we yeah. need to get rid of that energy. We need to do something with it. And exercising yeah. is a great way of mm. doing that. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. On the spot top tip there. Thank you very much. <laughs> for that, yeah. We try and walk every day, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we try and get out for a good walk every morning, don't we? Yeah. But yeah. the days that we don't, you feel like you've you feel missed like something. You've missed out yeah, you do. It's you a habit like now. Something. And you feel like if you don't do it, you've mm. missed out part of your day, don't yeah. you? I find yeah. it. Uh, you miss it. So we'll see if we continue it in the winter. Yeah, that'll be the tricky bit. <laughs> yeah. It's all right when it's nice weather. It's lovely when it's like this. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go, we usually ask our visitors if they have our guests. Our guests. Should I say? Sorry. guests. Before we go, we usually ask our guests <laughs> for one of their favourite networking tips. And I just wondered if you got one with you today, Jennifer. I have. Can I be cheeky? Can I share two? Oh, yeah. Of course you can. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was struggling to pick which one was my favourite. Uh, so. <laughs> two favourite tips are good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I'll share my top two. So the first one um, is about hearing, um, which sounds really obvious, but this is about really hearing what people are saying um, and taking notes and just being in the moment. And, you know, I've, I've been guilty of it myself when I very first started networking, that in my head, I was more bothered about what my pitch was going to be, what I'm going to say next. And that was what I focused on. Mm. And actually, I never really heard what other people were saying. Um, and until you do that, you can't then find opportunities to help those people either. So my first one is hearing. Mm. Um, and then my second one um is really getting to know people and build those relationships whether or not their business is related to yours or whether they're going to be a client of yours or not it doesn't matter um you know I think for me networking it's more about what happens outside of the room and after that event um and and that's where the hard work begins yeah it does yeah definitely Definitely, the follow-up. Yeah. I would concur mm. wholeheartedly there. Definitely two top tips there. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> Excellent tips, yeah. Thank you very much, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure having you with us today for all your top tips and advice and everything. And if anyone does want to get in touch with you, um, how should they do that? What's the best way? 
uh, email, uh, so jennifer.rawlinson at flourishingmind.co.uk. Um, or you can visit my website as well, which is also flourishingmind.co.uk. Or you could connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm. Great stuff. Lovely. So uh, um, thank you very much for yeah, joining I'll, us. I'll today. put all those things in the show notes as well, just oh, so people, we people yeah. did miss whatever you said. We'll, we'll stick it in the show notes as well, just to make yeah. sure. Yeah. Great stuff. Lovely. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, nice to see you again. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Take care. Lovely. Take thank care. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So we're almost at the end of this week's show, but before we go, we'd like to invite you to one of our in-business online networking meetings. The link to book your place will be in the show notes. And of course, we've also got a book out there, How to Improve Your Business Networking Skills, 52 Tips. So again, if you're interested in purchasing a copy, the details are in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us this week on In Business Talks 2 Friday Fix. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, all that we ask is that you tell a friend about the show. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, this is Ian and Tracy. And together, we We are in business. business. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.